Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Bedrock City Presents Uncanny Universe Podcast. And on this week's episode, we are talking about Totally Killer, the new film from Nanach Dakan and Amazon MGM Studios and BH, which uh, I guess is how they... Blumhouse. Oh, BH, well, yeah, it's Blumhouse, but like I guess it's BH Television. They, Interesting. Bl- Blumhouse Television is too, uh, it's too, it's too, too long or too bougie. I don't know, but we're going to go ahead and get this thing going. <laughs> Hey everyone, this is Dylan. And I'm Michael. That's right. Um, we've we talked about the trailer for this couple weeks ago, I think. Um, and we will be talking about it here at, at towards the end of the show, but we won't we will be spoiling it. Uh, so fair warning for that, but we won't spoil it until we get to the news. So Dylan, what'd you find this week? All right. So New York Comic Con was last week. Yeah. So we have some comic news from there. Um, one of them is a new comic um from Tom Hardy. Of Venom Ooh. fame, Eddie Knock Knock gets Eddie Brock. You know, oh, you know no. the one. <laughs> oh, uh, him, and, him and Scott Snyder are co-writing a book. I don't know if that means Scott Snyder is writing it and Tom Hardy's putting his name on it. I don't know. Who knows? It's, it's Tom Hardy saying, "Wouldn't it be cool if this Wouldn't thing happened? Wouldn't it be cool if you you what, mate? What about? <laughs> okay, <laughs> my name's Thomas Hardy. Anyway, <laughs> uh, sorry. Anyway. I'm sorry, Tom Hardy. Yeah, no shade. Um. But him and Scott Snyder are joining forces on a new creator-owned series called Arcbound. Um, It's set far in the future where Earth is a desolate wasteland and humanity has taken to the stars. The human population is ruled by a corporation-backed government whose power is based around an energy source called Cronium. So very generic uh, pitch, I I feel like. I'm already tuned out. Um, (laughs) It's from artist Ryan uh, Stallman among others and it's a 12 issue run which is coming out in march but okay will this help sell the book michael the, the, the so, tom hardy book no um i mean it's neat but like i i don't typically i don't think at least what i've noticed is that like the celebrity name attachment doesn't really do a lot for the book like yeah for Mom, me anyway what remember, remember oh yeah madness? oh yeah 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 and like, well, remember, like CM Punk wrote, uh, some Drax or something, and then some other stuff. Like, and you maybe yeah. you get a couple of wrestling guys in for the first for the first one, but they're not, they're not sticking around for that. I, and I don't think Tom Hardy is like that fandom name. You know what I mean? Yeah, I'm not sure. It's hard to say. I mean, but... it's cool. I I mean, I hope I hope this is something he wanted to do rather than something that they're like, hey Tom, can you help us write a comic book to help move some books? Yeah. It seems like something he's interested in. He was there and everything, so maybe. I don't know. Maybe he's just got some free time because of the strike. Who knows? I mean, that could be. Um, It's like how everyone came out with a memoir during the pandemic. That is true. Um, Okay, so more news. DC announces that Elseworlds is coming back. I saw that. A new imprint. Um, It's going to include Gotham by Gaslight, uh, the Kryptonian Age, uh, Batman the Barbarian, Green Lantern Dark, and more. They'll be published starting in 2024, and um, as a bonus, the range will include sequels to, as a bonus, like, we're <laughs> buying it or something, uh, Dark Knights of Steel and DC versus Vampires. So, it's cool that they're branding it Elseworlds, but I, feel, I do feel like it's nothing new a little bit. Like, there's always been out-of-continuity out of titles, right? Of course. That's always been the case. To my but, knowledge, I mean it's cool. I mean I know I know some people that are super excited about this, so that's cool. 
What are they um, excited about? Do you know or? Um, no, not particularly. Okay. Other than other than the Elseworlds name coming back, and hopefully that leading to more um, what you would think of as traditional Elseworlds content. But okay. it sounds it sounds a lot like Marvel's current what if stuff, which, like you said a couple weeks back, like you wish it was not just what if Kitty Pride, or you know what if Wolverine. It was back to what if Wolverine became the president or something like yeah. a, like a question, a goofy sort of idea. So. Yeah, I like it when these Elseworlds ones have like a like super obvious twist, but I don't know. We'll see. Um, yeah, I think they'll. I think it might be like a black label situation where like some will be really well received and some will just be like forgotten. Okay. I mean that 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 makes sense, but I mean we'll see. Um, I know that I'm sure all the Batman adjacent stuff will do okay at the very least. Of course, and. Yeah. <laughs> I mean that's why they're that's why they're half Batman titles. Yep, coming out in twenty twenty four. Um, let's see, we got that's, is that more? is exciting though. Yeah. That is exciting. I know, I know the Elseworlds uh, name does hold a lot of special places for people, so that is cool. Hopefully, the stories yeah. are more exciting than the press release makes it sound like. Agreed. Yeah, I'm sure some will be good. Um, jumping around a little bit, we got a trailer. For the werewolf by night in color which we've talked about mm-hmm. um already on the show but it's coming out officially on october 20th the director said we spent a long time working on the color version we wanted to pay homage to incredible vibrant color horror films um and it's a whole new look for werewolf by night so like a generic like we're excited about this but um i know you and i were like curious about what it would actually look like um yeah personally i was kind of surprise like it didn't look it didn't look how i expected it to which was like a more traditional disney plus color palette it looked kind of right. like like grimy and and vibey and like it, classic it did. which i thought looked pretty cool it looked better than i thought it was going to is what i'm saying yeah what i agree you? like um so uh, i was also surprised i was almost not even gonna watch it and just it's <laughs> like what i mean i've seen it it's just got color yeah. right um, but it's different. It looks like an entirely different show. Um, it looks like a di- or different experience, I should say. Yeah. Um, it's like I I will mention this every time we talk about black and white and colorization. But the mist is a really good example that Frank Darabont Stephen King adaptation was filmed to be released in black and white. It was shot on color, but it was dressed and everyone was everything was designed for it to be released in black and white. The studio changed their minds. Uh, and Frank Darabont was mad. And so the Blu-ray had disc two, which was the black and white edition. And that and notoriously, the C- the CG in that movie is pretty bad. Um, but that's because it was designed to be in black and white. And so it looks better in black and white. Um, and I was expecting a similar sort of thing here, but I didn't. It's this. This is it. It pops differently. It it looks the violence is way more serious looking in this than it was in the, the black and white. It looks like, Oh, Whoa. I didn't remember it being that violent. Yeah. I wonder if they'll it's like a different experience. I wonder how they get away with the rating now that there's like red, red blood. Red blood? I, don't know. I don't know. That is interesting. <laughs> um, I might check this out though. When it for like a Halloween era yeah. thing, we'll see. I, I might. Um, Okay, so we got some. This one's like a little negative, but I feel like it's worth like at least talking about. Um, there's there's some long range box office tracking for the Marvels. Oh um, boy, 
which is like where this is where they guess based on how pre-sales are going. Okay. And then they kind of like extrapolate that and apply it to like what maybe opening weekend will look like. Um, and they're pointing at like a super disappointing opening weekend for the Marvels, which is I'll contextualize it, but they they uh, said 50 million between 50 and 75 million. And for context, uh, the first Captain Marvel opened with 153 million. So it's looking to maybe like a third of the first one. Ooh. Um, the pre-sales are 42% behind Eternals, 69% behind Guardians of the Galaxy, etc. So like Disney must be pretty scared. The I think interest is like at an all-time low for MCU right for this but like at the same time i feel like i haven't seen much i don't know there haven't been any like theatrics or like there is like this because there were few i keep saying because of the strike but i want to say like because disney is refusing to pay their actors correct you know? that is correct um because they're a not result their of actors, the strike yes you can't um they can't promote it as they would normally but i think there's like more to it than that i don't know absolutely like, I mean, that's not stopping other studios from promoting other movies that are coming out. Like, I don't know. Like, they, well, I guess like these comic book movies re- rely so heavily on interviews and the stars going out and being seen and talking and promoting and social media and the whole deal because it, they're not like relying on a quality I, I don't mean that disrespectfully but i mean you know what i mean like they're not relying on like oh this great director has got a new movie out i don't even need to see a trailer i'm gonna go see the new york Slantimos movie right like i know that i don't need to see a trailer for it i know it's gonna be good marvel yeah. doesn't have that dc doesn't have that they they have stars they have they've it's an entertainment thing not a necessarily a quality thing not not that that is how they would would phrase it but i think right. that's sort of the boat that they're in is that they're in uh a star making industry and they can't use their stars yeah it's unfortunate i was like kind of racking my brain about what else it could be and i feel like i don't know i feel like they didn't do her any favors by her i mean captain marvel uh (laughs) and like the first one was the connective tissue between infinity war and endgame like the infinity war after credit scene was him calling captain marvel uh right nick fury um and i was like i feel like that like drummed up excitement um, and then this one seems like super divorced of any MCU. So like, it's not leading to King dynasty, which is the next Avengers movie. Seemingly, you know, there's right. no like Avenger in it. Like, I feel like, or like a cool villain, like Kang in a quantum mania, you know, like, I right. feel like you got a hook, you got to add a little extra something. I think the hook movie. is supposed to be connecting Disney plus having Disney plus characters on TV. Yeah, but that's not enough. I feel like, no, it's not, you know? They should have given her like a cool established villain. I'm not saying you need to like inject some kind of like man into it, but like give it some maybe a multiverse aspect, which I don't want to see, but you know, it may may have helped. You're totally right. There isn't like a big draw other than I don't know what they're doing with this to get more people in, to get new people in, because I think they're not, I think what they're having is a retention problem. You know, they're having a problem. Mm retaining their existing fans and while also not really making new ones yeah like i the conversations i've been having lately in the store about uh marvel properties like marvel cinematic properties are have been pretty poor um people saying you know secret wars is the first one that i actually just disliked and didn't really feel like finishing (laughs) 
and oh secret invasion oh sorry secret invasion yes yeah, 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 yeah. yeah secret invasion um yeah i heard that a lot too you know and yeah and and then asking oh how's loki season two like oh well you know i've only seen the first episode but it's okay so we'll see but i know i'm in the minority with loki season two so far but um well i mean you're right it used to be appointment viewing like it did once maybe twice a year a, a marvel would come out but now it's just like another month another marvel they really diluted the brand too much i feel like um right but i know that they realized that way too late like to for us to see a change like once they once they see a problem you won't see a change in for the next few years so i'm sure they'll scale right. back um it kind of seems like they are because uh this next story is about daredevil born again which is mm. to catch you up it's the 18 episode series that was um filming uh for disney plus the daredevil basically season four but you know a reboot for disney plus but they uh had to stop filming in june because of obvious reasons um but then hollywood reporter did a big write-up on it last week um they revealed that fewer than half the show was shot which is normal they were in the middle of it um but having reviewed the footage kevin feige and disney executives had decided to scrap the whole show um they're like basically tossing out what they've done um they fired the head writers chris ord and matt corman uh, last month and along with the remaining directors for the episodes that had not been shot yet um they said the plan is now to essentially reboot daredevil born again from a creative level and they're hunting for new writers and new directors um Yikes. But yeah, I'm like wondering how bad great. it could have been for them to be like, we need to start over. Like that's so much, so many millions spent, you know. That's yeah, that's really bad. Um <laughs> I don't know what to tell you on that one. That's if ooh. you had to find a silver lining, it's that they're not gonna just toss out crap, I guess, you know. Um I mean there must be some standard, true. is what I'm saying. If they're like we're gonna redo this, uh yeah, you're right. Um but they I, what I thought was interesting is they talked a lot about what their new approach to the TV shows is because they're overhauling all the shows, not just Daredevil. Yeah. And a lot of it is informed by complaints that obviously not directly complaints that you and I have had. <laughs> they, they listen. They heard. Um, yeah, we know. About the TV show format. Um, they said what they've done so far is they don't have any showrunners or anything. They have a head writer, which kind of oversees the story. And then... Um, either one director for all the episodes or different directors for each episode, but there's not like necessarily a creative force overseeing it. Like you would for any other show. Sure. That makes Um, sense. But their plan is now to begin hiring proper showrunners for the TV shows. Cause they filmed them like movies before, which is what you and I have complained about is it feels like an elongated movie, you know? Right. Absolutely. Um, Which is what happens when you have a head writer and they're just telling their story and that's kind of it. And I feel like, so do you think this is too little too late for them? Um, for getting people back on nah there's always time i feel like anything can okay. be rehabilitated um okay also i mean thing marvel dumpster is like normal everything else you know it's like that's important true. to remember that like 75 million opening for a movie is like oh that's good you know for another franchise you know right but for marvel it's like oh flop yeah it's like yeah what's happening yeah it's um, flop era so their new plan is to bring in proper showrunners who will be joined by full-time TV executives in place of movie ones. They've had movie executives and now they're bringing in people 
bit more familiar with the TV show format. Um, Brad Winderbaum, I guess he's a Disney exec, explained, um, we need we need executives that are dedicated to this medium that are going to focus on streaming, focus on television, because there are two different forms. Um, they said the revamped development process will see showrunners write pilots and show Bibles, which show Bibles are like, I know you know, but like it's yeah. like when the showrunner will write basically like a set of rules, like this character is very stubborn and uh, you know, it goes to the school, you know, like basically right. like established rules where when you bring in all these other writers, they have their show Bible to go by to inform how they write each episode, you know? So right. one person will be writing, will be overseeing the show, they'll be writing the show Bibles. And um, while the days of an entire series being shot and then figured out what and what, what did and didn't work in post-production with costly reshoots are over. So they would shoot the whole show like She-Hulk, for example, and then they would rearrange and recut it. We noticed that a bit with She-Hulk and a couple other shows uh, after the whole thing was done. So now they're going to shoot a pilot, see what works in the pilot, make adjustments there, and then shoot the rest of the show. I think the Daredevil thing was a big opener, like like uh, eye-opener. Because if they had shot one episode of Daredevil, it would have been like way less of a costly mistake yeah you know, for sure that, that's interesting that's okay so they're they are really moving to more a traditional format i mean that's good so the downside do- is we might hear about like some pilots that never got picked up like i oh, remember that dazzler show that they shot a pilot for that no one ever saw like there might be that kind of thing i don't oh, know interesting and well so how I mean, I guess that's more of like a just TV production thing. Like, how much money do they put into that pilot? And will that pilot then, will they reshoot the pilot later, like with more money to make it look better? Or is the pilot like the the test idea? I guess it depends on the property. Yeah, definitely. And generally with pilots, they, the, often it's recast and they'll just reshoot the pilot, you know? Um, okay. There's so many shows where like, did you know this person played this person like that character in the right, pilot right. that had to drop out because of scheduling or something like that. So I don't know. I kind of like this idea. I'd rather I do too. More traditional. I think they need to. Yeah, they need to follow the TV show format a little bit more. There's a reason it's on TV, and it's been working so well. I agreed. Agreed. So, um, okay. Last. I don't know how much time I got. I'm sorry. Last quick bit of news. I have to talk about it. It's yeah. Deadpool three. Um, basically the director said, I'll go quiet quick. He said, um, they asked him when it's coming out. He said, I wish I knew, uh, we don't have an official date. It's supposed to come out May 3rd. He said, I know we were going to be May, May 3rd. Certainly the actors strike and the long pause in production have put that released uh date in true risk, blah, blah, blah. So yeah, we might not have a May 10th full movie from any studio this year. That's what it's looking like to me. Cause if they shot half the movie, I don't feel like there's time to yeah, finish no it. Way. No way. I feel like it's too rushed. That's too bad. I mean, but they also, I'd rather it be Go delayed. On. I'd rather it be delayed than come out and be mid. Yeah, agree. I don't want a rush job. Um, but he also addressed the Taylor Swift rumors. It's rumored Ooh. that she's going to be Dazzler in the movie. Yes. She's a close friend of Brian Reynolds, etc. Um, he said, I'm going to... I don't really know exactly what he's saying. I'm going across the board. No comment because that's a double whammy. That's Taylor related and it's MCU related. I'm no dummy. You're going to have to wait and see. So he didn't say no is what the news is. Okay, so that's a yes then. I feel like it's either a yes or it's like a jerk move, you know. Like right. don't just say no if it's no, you know. What do What do you read into that? Tell me. I mean, 
<sighs> Tell me how to feel. I'm I'm gonna say that it it means yes. That's that's a that's a confirmation. Especially well, especially in Deadpool three, a movie that we are expecting to be cameo city, you know, goofy stuff. Now, are we gonna get a lot of Taylor Swift as Dazzler? No, no. I think you'll yeah. get she was she she'll be there for an afternoon. You know, agree. That's, yeah. that's it. Using her that's own makeup, want, people. Yeah, right. She's not the best actress. I'd rather her like get in and out and not like not have, have to like. To... Ugh, did you see Taylor Swift in Deadpool three? Oh, everyone will be mad. The dude bros will be mad, but it's yeah, fine. well, of course. I'll be okay people just want to hate for whatever reason. Haters want to hate. They do. I just want to shake. Yeah, on. <laughs> okay, they just need to shake it off. Okay, we did yeah, it. We That's all there. I got. Okay. Well, uh, anyway, let's hear about that live <laughs> sale. I bet you didn't know that we host a weekly live streaming comic sale. Dust off your old Facebook account or borrow your grandma's login. Join us every Wednesday night from 7 to 9 p.m. Central. Bedrock City is the only verified blue check comic store on Facebook, meaning we're better than everyone else. It also means that we're trusted to bring you brand new quality key issues, comic bundles, variants, and more every week at super affordable prices. Even if you've already spent all your money on Fortnite skins like me, you can still join just to hang out and chat comics with Kevin Austin and me. For all the details not covered here, or if your auditory processing disorder didn't allow you to comprehend anything I just said, head over to bedrockcity.com slash live to read all the details. Hashtag ad. And we are back. And before we get to my news, we're going to do our picks of the week. I am picking not a game this week. I'm picking a trade, uh, an omnibus to be specific. Oh, okay. from from Fantagraphics, Dylan. Any hey. any any guesses? No. no. All right, we're gonna Hip Hop Family Tree: The Omnibus by Ed Piscor. Um, oh, cool. It's coming out in a much more manageable size because if you recall, the the previous trades were in Treasury format. They're enormous. I have them. They're great. They're tremendous reads. Um, but this is a little bit smaller, more shelf friendly size, uh, and a nice hardback with some new content and new annotations, which is very exciting. And if you've never read Hip Hop Family Tree, it is a great um graphic uh history of the origins of hip hop of hip hop starting from the 70s and going into the um early to mid 80s super That's super cool. good. I know it was coming out yeah it's very good um i'm picking a marvel one shot it's called crypt of shadows oh yeah it's a little uh horror adventure with werewolf by night man thing scarlet witch hulk daredevil deadpool etc um i think it's like like i said an anthology has a bunch of writers and uh, Al Ewing, Steve Orlando, stuff like that. Okay. Um, I haven't read it yet, but I'll probably check it out. It's a fun little Halloween adventure. It does look good. It does look cool. Yeah. Um, okay. On to my news here. The Home, a new film starring Pete Davidson, a new horror movie from the director of The Purge. Um, okay. Yeah, I know. Um, you know what? I'm. I, I like I like him in movies. I gotta say, I think I think he's pretty funny. I like um, Pete Davidson. Me too. So the Purge creator and director James DeMonico is returning to the genre with The Home, a brand new horror movie starring Pete Davidson. Um, Deadline reporting that Lionsgate closed the deal on the film coming out in 2024. Uh, We don't know much about it, um, but uh, you you have a little quote from Lionsgate telling you that they love it and it's very silly. Um, But the... The plot is Davidson. Well, the the what we have here is Davidson will play Max, a troubled man who starts working at a retirement home, and realizes its residents and caretakers harbor sinister secrets. As he investigates the building and its forbidden fourth floor, he starts to uncover connections to his own past and upbringing as a foster child. So, 
interesting maybe we'll see we'll see i like the purge um so i'll give it a shot for sure and we'll keep you updated as we get more information um next as we talked about a couple weeks ago um halloween has been shopping its rights around um Mm -hmm. the a deal has been struck miramax television has signed a wide-ranging deal to develop oh. and co-produce a Halloween TV series, which also includes a first look agreement on other television prop uh, projects for the international marketplace. Uh, the new Halloween series is envisioned to potentially launch a cinematic universe spanning f- film and television. Miramax head of global TV, Mark Helwig will be overseeing the franchise creatively in close collaboration with Akkad. That is Malik Akkad, um, the son of Mustafa Akkad, the guy that kept Halloween going through the dark ages. Um, We don't have a lot more other than that. We have some quotes from Hellwig saying, we couldn't be more excited to bring Halloween to television. We are thrilled to expand our long and successful partnership uh, with the brilliant Malik Akkad and introducing his iconic franchise to a new form of storytelling and new generation for a generation of fans. So look, obviously that's not ideal. Miramax is kind of lame. Should have been a 24. I know. They were the other top contender. Dylan, this would have been this has been a whole nother conversation if A24 had gotten this. All right. (laughs) But they didn't. Um, Now, I will say I think a Halloween TV series could work very well. Um, Agreed. Yeah. I think it could be really cool. Um, Anyway, so more on that as it develops, of course. All right. The Strangers. Uh, This is this is okay. I have some I have some thoughts here. This is kind of weird for me. So well, not weird for me, just kind of odd, I think. So there's going to be a Strangers trilogy. If you recall, the Strangers movie came out in what, like 2008 or something? I don't know. The original one came out in early 2000s. Yeah. It had Pre- a sequel, right? Uh, yeah, two of them. Uh, 2008. And then there was a 2018 sequel called The Strangers Pray at Night. Anyway, it's getting a reboot and uh, a trilogy in 2024 called The Strangers Chapter One. Um, mm-hmm. And it's going to be directed by, they're all three directed by Rennie Harlan, who did not do the original ones. And I, this is really weird because, okay, have you ever seen The Strangers? Yeah, I saw the first one only. I really liked the first one. I thought it was effective. Yeah. I, I really enjoyed it. I didn't see Prey at Night because I thought it looked really stupid. Um, If you don't know The Strangers, it's a home invasion movie. Um, Pretty effective. Um, I think it, it does tension really, really well. Um, it has a good twist, yeah. It does, it does. Um, which we won't spoil because that might be part of this. I don't know, but um, it looks like they're planning a whole uh, uh, strangers universe. In a recent interview, uh, Rennie Harlan hinted that the trilogy sets up a world where more stories could be set in the same universe, saying, "I definitely see more movies," and it's almost like that's why I don't even call it a trilogy. I call it the first three movies of the strangers universe, capitalize S and Um, and the way the third movie ends, if people thought that the original movie had a ended in ended in a titillating way because Liv Tyler sort of, uh, well, um, nah. <laughs> well, okay, we'll skip over that. But anyway, um, you know, anyway, so he's saying that th- this might be a strangers universe. Am I taking crazy pills? Like, is this mo- like, this is one movie that was good and one movie that was like middle of the road or poorly received. And it's getting a remake and a strange a cinematic universe. What are we talking about? That's so stupid. Am, am I sorry. just am, am I off base? Like is is the strangers like secretly well revered? 
I think it's like at least a recognizable IP, but not to that extent. Like, let's like, do one movie. I like it. I really like the first movie. I think it's very good. It's the second one is a thirty nine percent in Rotten Tomatoes. Like, what? Anyway, so uh, the first one is coming out, or the chapter one comes out soon ish. Um, but we have a clip. Sorry. We have a clip already. So that means it's film, uh, mostly filmed, has to be. Um, I don't think, yeah, there's not a date for it yet. Um, they showed it at Comic-Con. Um, and star- so it's star- starring a bunch of people that I don't know. Madeline Petch from Riverdale. She's um, um, Cheryl Blossom. Yeah, no kidding. Um, and a bunch of other people. Uh, Froy Gutierrez, Rachel Sh- um, Shenton. Oh, I like him. Emma, Emma Hol- Horvath from Rings of Power and Gabe Basso from Hillbilly Elegy. Anyway, so we, we got a two and a half minute little clip here. It's okay. Yeah, it, fine. It, it's fine. It does exactly what you expected to do. It's the strangers. They show a little home invasion bit. I, what did you think of the, of the little clip, Dylan? Did you, did it do anything for you? Um, I definitely watched this movie, but, uh, Oh yeah, I'll watch it. I like no, kind of it looked pretty unimaginative. I didn't, it didn't like, it moved the needle in either direction. I really enjoyed that first movie. I think it's very effective. Um, but I don't know. Go this watch this clip. This is going to be pretty different. It has to be. They can't do a twist. They can't do the same it thing. Can't be, it can't be that again. Yeah. Right. Hmm. Are they trying to make it like the Purge? I feel like that's the roadmap. Is the well, purge. I mean, it's the Purge guy. So Yeah, because they had the show and then the five movies or whatever. Five Purges. Oh, yeah. There was it, a Purge show, wasn't there? Yeah, it, that's what they're aiming for. Uh, okay. I don't know if... It, but Purge is like not a... It's like a global concept. Yeah, Purge is... Right, it's not one family getting harassed over five movies in a TV series. I'm wondering if they'll like somehow apply that. Like, there'll be strangers everywhere. Just different. Strangers <laughs> everywhere. Oh, no. I don't know. God, don't know. okay. M- moving on. Uh, we'll keep you updated on the Stranger Cinematic Universe as, as, as it develops, of course. Okay, uh, you all might remember uh, six months or so. I'm who knows time. Um, I did a news story on the movie called Door. Uh, 1988 Japanese home invasion is a theme today. Uh, 1988 Japanese home invasion slasher movie um, that was sort of that was never screened here uh, in America and is sort of lost and it hasn't been seen in North America ever. Um, okay. Legally, anyway, um, I should say. I'm sure there were bootleg copies around, but like this is one of those like legendary tape trading movies that like never got a release over here. Um, and anyway, yeah, it's never been released before, and it is it's out. People have seen it. Uh, they they showed it at the Toronto uh, International Film Festival, and okay. which is wild. And Terror Vision, which is a boutique Blu-ray label that I love, has got a special edition. Uh, or got the the only edition that you can get at home uh, coming out up for pre-order, which I will be getting because it looks great. And this is, I don't need to give you the uh, the plot of the movie, but well, the, the two sentence talk up here is a lonely housewife is held hostage in her own apartment by an increasingly deranged door-to-door salesman and this forgotten home invasion masterpiece. I wouldn't call it forgotten. I would call it, no one's ever heard of it. Um, so anyway, it's coming out on Blu-ray very soon, but it's also coming out on Screambox next week. I'm very excited. And so there's a trailer that came out for the Blu-ray. We talked about the trailer six months ago when they did mm-hmm. just like the sort of 
hey, look, we found it trailer. And now they have a new trailer that is edited well. And I really like this trailer. I thought it was really effective. Has a new 2K transfer. It looks as good as a movie from 88 in Japan can look, I think. What do you think of this trailer, Dylan? I didn't get to see this one. Okay, cool. Well, I'll tell you. You should check it out because it's got some really interesting camera work. It is very graphic, like okay. very violent. Um, and I am super excited for this movie because it this trailer is phenomenal. It is the best trailer I've seen in weeks. Um, I really or in a while. I, I don't know what the last really good trailer I've seen is, but this is this is up there. It's very very good. So okay. it's coming up next week on Screenbox. I'm very excited about that. Screenbox is you know. Diet Shutter. When's the theatrical release? Uh, we don't get one of those. Uh, D- Dylan, I would love that, but it's just not going to happen. Um, yeah. but you can you can pre-order it from Terrorvision. That's terror-vision.com if you don't want to sign up for Screenbox. It's going to be 25 bucks for a really nice looking slipcase um and I don't know what the features are. There's an interview. I don't know what other features there are that hasn't been advertised yet, but it will sell out. So I would recommend getting in on that if you're interested. Okay. Now we have two other trailers to talk about. We have a trailer, uh, an Anne Hathaway movie and uh, Thomas and McKenzie are in this um, new psychological thriller from neon called Eileen. Was this on your radar at all, Dylan? I hadn't heard of this movie until this trailer came out. Yeah, I had no idea. Okay. Um, I haven't heard of the book either. It's described as a quote, wild Hitchcockian noir. Um, Directed by um, William Old Oldroyd, who oh who did Lady Macbeth, okay, um, with a script penned by Luke Gobel, and in the film, quote, set during a bitter 1964 Massachusetts winter, young secretary Eileen becomes enchanted by the glamorous new counselor at the prison where she works. Their budding friendship takes a twisted turn when Rebecca reveals a dark secret, throwing Eileen onto a sinister path. Um, and the trailer came out yesterday or today, and I think it's today. And I think this looks really cool. I, this movie looks really, really interesting. Um, and I like neon, uh, they're, you know, diet a 24 and that's okay. No, they're not. Yes, they are. <laughs> that's, I, I will, I will hold on to that. Um, what do you think about, about this trailer, Dylan? I thought it looked super good. I, uh, not too sure what's happening. Me neither. Me neither. I'm sure I could, that's by design. I know I just read you the plot, but like that doesn't tell but me what? that doesn't really tell you anything. That's a setup. Um, Not really yeah. like a plot to me, but um the vibes were great. Um it absolutely kind of gay. Uh, <laughs> I think, right? Maybe I don't know. Yeah, I oh definitely. Tell. It's de- it's definitely a, at least a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> just a little gay. What, what do I know um, Thomas and Mackenzie from, Dylan? Jojo Rabbit, Last Night in Soho. <gasps> okay, right. Oh man, remember Last Night in Soho? That movie was good. I, yeah, movie's underrated. Um, but this looks like a great role for Anne Hathaway's mothering. Yes, in it. Um, I don't want to say because like I, it, it looks really pretty, and it it's does. Like, it looks very like. So the thing is, calling it a uh, wild Hitchcockian noir. It also gives me like Giallo elements. Like I think this looks very. Um, it is a little like malignant, yeah. Oh my god, uh, I was googling something for somebody the other day about um, Giallo films, and there one of the articles that came up was like, 
want to check out some giallo after watching malignant check these out I'm like oh my god stop <laughs> um but either way um eileen looks really good it the vibes look tremendous like dylan said and it looks very throwback um yeah and it comes out uh december 1st in new york and los angeles december 8th everywhere else road Anno- annoying um so we'll we'll probably be seeing that because that looks really cool um yeah it looks good anyway last trailer um from a24 the iron claw we've talked about this movie once or twice as articles have come out about it it's the wrestling movie from a24 starring zach efron and jeremy allen uh, jeremy allen white sorry Mm -hmm. um about the von eric family which is a a a family of real life a real life wrestling family um not like pretend brothers and dad it's they're actually related um and from hey look that's a thing that that's that's a thing in wrestling it's like oh yeah that's my brother you know they're not they're not related but they just dye their hair brown and you know call them brothers um anyway uh we got this trailer i've been looking forward to this for a while and the von if you are into wrestling and you're from texas you know the von eric family um they are the most famous Texas wrestlers uh, maybe maybe Terry Funk but like there's just so many of these people like th- these guys are like legendary Texas wrestlers wrestling family and like absolutely crazy stories about the like that one of the main guys about uh, in in the movie is a guy named Kerry Von Eric the Texas Tornado he lost a foot in a car accident motorcycle accident some sort of motor vehicle accident right after he signed a contract with the WWF at the time and he didn't tell them he just wrestled with a prosthetic foot he's okay and, and he ruled like i he i loved the texas tornado as a kid i wasn't even, i didn't even live in texas at the time um but anyway um we got this trailer what do you think about it dylan i thought it looked great i so i'm like super in the dark i know austin was talking to me about this too of like, course very familiar as well but i'm like super in the dark with this whole thing so it's kind of like a new movie to me of course that's what i would expect i see that 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 will be the mark of if it's enjoyable if it's a good movie or not like obviously the wrestling dorks are gonna think this is cool but like yeah if dylan is gonna think this is cool you know someone who doesn't watch wrestling um do you know why it's called the iron claw dylan i assume that's like a move it know. is it is the move dylan the i dylan the iron claw is the most over move only in texas yes yes the, the claw the the dad fritz von eric he did this move called the iron claw and it's literally just like i grab the front of your face and squeeze right and then you die or whatever but it is so popular i when i went to a new japan show in dallas in 2018 the final the final match of the night was a guy from texas versus a guy from uh japan and he finished with the iron claw, which he doesn't normally use, but he used the iron claw and everybody went nuts because it was in Dallas and that's where they were from. And just like, oh, that's the claw. It's the stupidest move, but it's great. I I love I will pop every day for the iron claw. I love it. OK, I'm a I'm a mark. Well, what they didn't reveal that in the trailer, so that's good, I guess. Well, he they do. They do show him. Oh my bad. Well, I, I mean, but I oh, I, I mean, you. I wouldn't expect you to to do that. But they show you what the, they, the he's doing. The he's teaching the Iron Claw in a section of the trailer. Um, Does one of them die or something? Oh, they all die. Almost oh. all of them. Almost all of them die. Oh, 
I wish I hadn't known that, like in the trailer. Yeah. I mean, since I know nothing, it's like spoilers, you know, like I know it's a biopic or whatever, but. I mean, they all, I mean, they don't all die like at the same time, but like, there's just lots of tragedy. Um, I know, but it looked like at one point, like one of the brothers died or something like that. Like yeah. maybe Jeremy Allen White scared her. I couldn't really I don't know. I don't know it. which one he plays, but um, either um, way. Zach Efron's new face is a little distracting. That's my only downside <laughs> to it. Yeah. I feel like if I didn't know that was Zach Efron, I would disagree with you that that is Zach Efron. Yeah. But it looks but really good. It looks it high looks, quality. It looks very good. Go check out the trailer. But anyway, let's that's all I got for the news this week. Let's hear about those tabletop events. Now it's time to give you the rundown on all of the awesome upcoming tabletop events for the month of July. All exact dates and formats can be found on our Discord server. Kicking it off with Keyforge. We run two events a month at our Clear Lake location from 7 p.m. till around 9. Keyforge is the perfect game for casual and hardcore card game players. We also love our role-playing games. Once a month at our Clear Lake store, we host an in-store one-shot RPG for players of all skill levels. Players don't need to bring anything. All play materials, dice, pencils, and character sheets will be provided. There is no entry fee. However, we do ask that you make a purchase of any size from the gaming department on the day of the event. Seats are very limited, and signups are only open for about three weeks before the event. And of course, I can't forget about Paint Club. Every month we get together and paint some tabletop RPG miniatures. These events are for painters of all skill levels, including none. These events occur at our Katy and Clear Lake locations. We'll see you at the game tables. And we are back, and we're going to talk about Totally Killer, the new film from Blum. From sorry, from BH Television, and directed by right. uh, Nantachka Khan. Um, just came out. I want to say a week ago, two weeks ago, mm-hmm. on Prime Video. Uh, but I'm going to pass it over to Dylan. Dylan, what's this movie about? Oh, spoilers! Right. Spo- full spoilers. spoilers. Spoiler warning for Totally Killer. We did it at the top, but reminder again: spoilers. Yeah. Um. So okay, I'll read you the like you know, back of the Blu-ray thing. Um, 35 years after the shocking murder of three teens, the infamous Sweet 16 killer, which is like a dude in a a mask, a mask slasher dude. Yeah. um, Returns on Halloween night to claim a fourth victim. Um, 17-year-old Jamie, which is our main character, Kieran and Shipka, she's Sabrina, um, where you might know her from, um, ignores her overprotective moms, uh, who is Julie Bowen from Modern Family. Uh, warning and comes face to face with the mask maniac and in the run for her life accidentally time travels back to 1987 the year of the original killings she's forced to navigate the unfamiliar and outrageous culture of the 1980s and jamie teams up with her teen mom who's played by olivia holt she was a uh, dagger and cloak and dagger um to take down the killer once and for all before she's stuck in the past forever the this synopsis skipped over like that first scene a little bit it did but it starts with her mom being murdered. Like the killer comes back because her mom kind of like escaped back in the eighties. And now the comes back for her and kills her mom in present day. So then Jamie travels back and is trying to save her mom, like to change the past to keep her mom alive in the future. Yeah. And I'll, I mean, it's, that's really all you need. Cause that's, it's, 
it's a pretty simple plot. It might sound like a little convoluted because of the the time travel element, but it's not at it's all. Not, the movie's though. very simple. Someone um, described it as Back to the Future meets Scream, and I feel like that's accurate. That's you very know? correct. Yeah, very very correct. Um, so who who's who's in this movie? I don't. So we got we got Kieran and Kieran and Chipka, who's the main character. She's Jamie. Um, I don't like, know so like most said, of the people in this movie. She's from Sabrina uh, and a few other things, but nothing, nothing huge. Um, and then with Julie Bowen as her mom, she's Claire in Modern Family. I don't know if you watch, you watched Modern Family. No, I did but, not. Um, and then Olivia Holt is her the teen version of her mom in the eighties, and that's played by and she was uh, in Cloak and Dagger, which we also didn't review, but right. And then I think Randall Park is like a cop. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I knew Randall Park. <laughs> um. And Lachlan Murno. I've seen him in other things. Okay. Yeah, but, some of the people are like, that person looks familiar, but it's not like a huge I'll, like, celebrity I'll cast or anything. And that's fine. That helped it out. Because I I, I really, this movie really worked for me. <laughs> I, yeah, I liked it a lot as well. I, I don't want to like put the put the uh, cart before the horse, but I really enjoyed this. Um, it was exactly what I wanted to watch. Uh, it just... It, it's very it's very blumhouse yeah it's one of their their funny blumhouse moments you know the happy, it's death, like a happy days, death day right. freaky kind of situation yeah. exactly and i i i mean the performances were fine they're exactly it felt it felt like a theatrical release movie there's no reason that this could not have been released in the theaters yeah that's one of my notes i had here i was like kind of bummed that this could have been a fun theater watch you know I, do we know why like because this is of the same quality as Freaky to me. Like this could have been released. Agreed. Yeah. yeah. I mean, maybe they save some money somewhere by not doing that. I don't know, but um, or maybe no, this it was is made an by Amazon Studios, and they do put some of their movies in theaters. So, like, or the people, so, you know, so the, the Amazon Prime ones. Did Blumhouse not actually make it? I think they made it, but they were probably funded by Amazon. I see. You know? I see. But. The only like theatrical like setback I feel like is some a little bit of the CGI and like the stabbing like there was some like blood. Yeah, blood yeah, yeah. CGI. There were some blood issues. Yeah, I was like that could have been fixed, but I'm sure that wouldn't take too much work. Like he'd stab someone, and then like the the hole that would appear was like clearly like a stamp. It looks right. like you know. Um, yeah, apply your stab stab wound effect. That was a lot of stabs. He had to st- he stabbed 16, them 16 times, times. Yeah. So I get it. I get it. But <laughs> I thought, I thought, it was, I like, I didn't know what to expect really. I, I knew it would be like a fun, happy death day style kind of thing. But I liked how, like, even in that opening scene with the mom, the invasion with the mom, she was like, she was scrapping. Like, she was, it, it was like, yeah. I, it was giving a scream. I it, liked was. it. it was. Cool. I liked it. I, I liked, I liked the, the plot hook. I bought into it. Like, it was a good, it makes sense. I like that they inadvertently discovered time travel. I'm um, well, they were trying to, but then they it just worked because the thing got stabbed and she gets sent back in time, and now she has the opportunity to save her mom. Like, yeah, and that becomes a plot of the movie. That's great. I love that. I was worried that they would spend too much time on like how time travel works, and I oh, like, man. truly don't, truly don't care, and neither do they, and I was fine with that. You know, right? It's like this is not a movie that I need to explain. Have explained time travel to me. I don't need like, that. The- the machine is one of those. I don't know what it's called. Those like, oh, like carnival whirly things. Well, it depends. the The first time it's the photo booth. Yeah, yeah. The second time then, it's um, 
I always knew that as the Starship 2000. I don't remember I don't, what, what they call it here. Quantum something. Quantum drop. Oh, yeah, yeah. Something like that. Yeah. But it's, it's the one where it spins and you, you gravity your back is pressed against the yeah the it's, it's like it. you you've been on it if you've ever been to a carnival you've been you've been on this ride it's like that yeah it just spins around really fast and you're stuck to the wall on those boards that slide up and down doesn't make any sense but that's okay the right. the time travel stuff it doesn't know. need to who cares um i liked i liked the element of the 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 friend uh lauren and her mom traveling back in time and that that was a really interesting plot element of like uh, her best friend in the present time, uh, her mom is like this overworked, you know, person who had these dreams of being a, ma- a scientist and just didn- wasn't able to do it. So her daughter's picking it up and trying to finish the machine that mom started. And then when she goes back in time, she meets the mom as a teen. And it's like, hey, look, you know that thing? It worked. Uh, and I'm here. And the mom's like, all right, cool. What's up? Let's let's fix it. Let's figure it out. Yeah, it was a nice. It was like a clever way to give her someone to like confide in immediately. Because right. she already knew, you know. So I was like, it, that, it's I like smart. that. Like the, the it's well written for. I mean, for what it is, right? This isn't winning any awards, but like, um, agreed. Yeah. Where is it sitting on Rotten Tomatoes? You know, it's like in the high eighties, something like that. Hey, that's pretty good. Yeah, especially for horror, it's very serviceable. Um yeah. I thought the dialogue was good. I thought the, I thought it had the right amount of like. 80s jokes like making roasting the 80s or at least juxtaposing it with like a more culturally sensitive present day you know i thought they like did across the line it was done really well i right i i thought that was handled really well like especially with the modern person going back in time and seeing all the problematic 80s jokes i thought that worked very well yeah i think that worked that works perfectly i and it i i can imagine that there might have been some people that thought it was too much but those people are wrong um I thought it was pitch perfect. It, I really don't have any negative notes other than like some of the CG was bad, but like whatever. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I can't think of much else wrong with the movie other than it's very, I mean, it's very basic. You know, what's going to happen the entire time. It's nothing really that surprising, but that's not why you're watching it. You're not watching it to be surprised. Yeah. I wouldn't say there's any like innovation really, no, but the, it, the, the, the premise is fresh so it was like enough to like if you have a fresh premise and like a good execution that's all you need i feel like you don't need to like also be innovative with your like camera angle you know like something else like it's it's fine for what this is in my opinion i agree Um, i agree i i really like this movie i i think i would recommend this to pretty much everybody um especially if you like the blumhouse style of funny horror movies yeah, I think it's like, especially since it's at home only, like it's just like a fun Halloween watch. Like, absolutely, um, it's yeah, it's 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 good. I'm, I'm let's go ahead and rate it then. Um, I'm gonna go. So we normally do the uh, Rotten Tomatoes. I'm sorry, I don't know why I said that. We do the Letterbox rating scale, which is zero point five to five. We're getting paid now by Rotten yeah, we're getting uh, sponsored by Rotten We're Tomatoes. switching. Yeah, that's right. It's a hundred percent. And so, so okay. So this is this is an interesting thing I can do to talk about reviews, right? Uh, or um, how we score something because we were very positive just now, right? We were very positive for what but, it is. For right for what it is, like. So I'm giving it three and a half. I I really enjoyed it, but like 
there's a ceiling for quality here, you know? Yeah. I grade things kind of the same way. I think there's like a, um, a scale that I apply to every movie a little bit, you know, um, mm-hmm. if it had its own Blumhouse scale, it's like a four and a half, five. It's like a good, right. great, it's a great Blumhouse movie, but it's not great compared to like, you know, an Oscar nominee. <laughs> I'm sorry. You know what right. I mean? It's I'm like, comparing it's different, it to, though. I have so many three, three, five horror movies on here. Like that seems to be like the bar for a lot of movies like this, you know, a lot of, a lot of three fives I'm seeing. Which is like, I don't know if that's the right, right way to grade things, but it's like, there is no right way I feel like. So it's just how I, how we do it, you know, but right. Like you can consider it successful in its own way. Like was it successful and achieve everything it wanted to probably. So does that mean it's perfect? I don't know. Like, right. Like that's a, that's such a hard question to answer. Like, cause then at that point, like, like for example, like, so I gave this three, five and a couple weeks ago we gave talk. To, I gave talk to me a four. Um, and, but talk to me is a better film than this. Yeah. But it's I think what resonates. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think, I think three, five is as good as totally killer could have ever been. Yeah. I mean, even better CG wouldn't have made this a four. Maybe if it had like made me cry with like the mom, like maybe if the mom, okay. we said we spoiled it. Maybe if like the mom had stayed dead and it had like a big emotional arc that I like resonated with, I could have gone to a four, you know, but okay. it was a romp, a fun romp. You know? it, was a, it was a romp. Um, <laughs> but I would recommend this more to more. I would recommend this to more people than talk to me. You know what I mean? Would you? Uh, yeah, I would. Not, too. I don't recommend it more, but I recommend it to more people, a wider group of people. I agree. I think this is more universally everyone's going to like it. Talk to me definitely is different. Yeah. Um, but I definitely recommend it. So Agreed. I gave it a 3.5 as well, by the way. Yeah. Oh, okay. Excellent. <laughs> Copy. Uh, yeah, way to go. Uh, but anyway, uh, that's going to do it for us this week. Thank you all so much for downloading us. Really appreciate all the support. Bye, everyone. This is Dylan. And I'm Michael. We'll see you next time. Thanks for sticking around for the mid-credits. We can tell you've been trained well. If you want to help us out, please go over to iTunes and leave us a five-star review. It'll really help new people find the show, and it will help us to get Rotten Tomatoes verified so we can start affecting those rankings. Then, check out our socials. We're BRC Uncanny on Twitter, Uncanny Universe on Facebook and Instagram. We'll see you online.